everybody. Welcome to Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicone. Tonight you're listening to episode six of The Spin Chagrin. And the category from last week was a movie produced by WWE Studios. So Frank, um, you had a large and eclectic selection, I think, kind of. Uh, yeah. So what'd you come up with? So I looked at the Wikipedia listing for WWE Studios um, is what it comes up under. Mm-hmm. Pulled down the filmography and started going through it. And I realized that most of the stuff that at first glance I would want to watch, I've already seen. So like The Rundown, Walking Tall, Scorpion King, the See No Evil movies. Um, this movie with uh, Brodus Clay from the early 2000s that's free on Prime called like No One Lives or something like that um and a lot of shit that like on the surface i was like Meh. i don't know if i really want to watch this um oh mohawk was another one i'd seen that's got um Brody lee formerly luke harper in it uh from like 2018 it's a i don't know what you call it like survival horror fur trapper movie or something i don't know it was, was, the, it was was he the fur trapper uh he's one of the oh, fuck how does it go it's like American colonist soldiers hunting Mohawk Indians and a guy who's like British that's fallen in love with one of them. Mm. I don't know. Mm. It was, it was, it was, well, whatever, it was fine. Um, so it was tough. So I noticed that there was a movie in 2014, um, Leprechaun Origins, oh, um, starring Hornswoggle. So, for those of you that are unfamiliar with who Hornswoggle is, he is a little person wrestler who was primarily active during like the mid 2000s on maybe like early 2000s, like 2003, 2004, somewhere around there, um, who at various times played really like offensive little person stereotypes. So he's basically a leprechaun character in the show, except at one point he was um like retro whatever retroactively uh kayfabed into being vince mcmahon's illegitimate son yes um that did happen and usually used for comedic effect or you know he's like running up some girl's skirt or being a pervert or Mm -hmm. just generally being tossed around and the, the way that wwe for the majority of their lifespan has used little people as wrestlers but I'm thinking, like, you know, so this is a Leprechaun series. Um, it's a reboot of it. So I was thinking it's going to be kind of that mildly offensive, you know, like Warwick Davis Leprechaun vibe with um, Hornswoggle wearing some, like, ridiculous makeup and making a bunch of crafts, like, one-liner jokes and, you know, kind of gory and mildly offensive and pointless, but, you know, like, maybe funny. So I put this movie on. I watched it on Saturday um spoiler alert i actually watched it while we were on a zoom call on saturday night um without telling you guys that i was watching it and let me tell you something like actually a decent movie and it's it's a trite story so the basic idea is that this group of college like grad level students are on in ireland on vacation because two of them are like or one of them's a history buff and she convinced everybody to go to ireland because that's part of her dissertation is on 
like ancient cultures and folklore and whatever. And so they go to this small village and they make friends with some of the villagers and the villagers are telling them all, you know, there's these, these ruins that are hidden deep in the woods that we don't really tell anybody about, but we like you guys. So of course, like the villagers are evil and there's this evil leprechaun that they lure, you know, unawares um, tourists and they like sacrifice them to them, which is the plot of like a number of, you know, whatever horror movies, the idea of the like Midsummer or whatever, you know, I mean, there's plenty of movies like even less famous than that, that do the same thing. Wicker Man is another good example. You know, the, Mm -hmm. the villagers who are really a secret cult that are basically like propagating their existence with the blood of the outsider or whatever. So not a bad trope, you know, and honestly, like not really done that badly here. Um, The thing is, is that the leprechaun creature is a combination of practical effects and CGI but is a monster like there's nothing it's not like a little person running around it's legitimately just this like demon that these people worship that lives in the woods that's basically the kayfabe is where the leprechaun myth comes from Mm -hmm. is that these things hoard gold and if you take their gold that your village is you know your people are cursed where every every whatever i can't remember the frequency with which this happens but you have to offer some sort of sacrifice or they'll basically kill the whole village so this village has gone on for decades with luring you know tourists who are kind of off the beaten path and basically sacrificing them to this creature and you know it's a uh, four attractive like cws-esque um actors that are kind of stuck in this situation and them trying to get their way out of it mm-hmm. so I was mildly entertained by it. I mean, it wasn't like a great movie, but it was watchable and there was nothing terrible about it. And so I would honestly say that if you like like creature horror, it's worth the hour and 20 minutes of your life or whatever, 80 minutes, I think 90 minutes, however long it is. The problem is it felt kind of like cheating because even though WWE produced it, like Hornswoggle's not in this movie. I mean, he he's the actor that's in the costume that's playing this creature, but there's no dialogue from the creature. There's nothing that would ever even lend you to think like, Hey, this is Hornswoggle, the WWE character. I mean, it's legitimately like a role where they, I guess, just got him a payday to do this part mm-hmm. without it being like super offensive mm-hmm. or demeaning or anything. So I finished watching the movie and I was like, fuck man, this can't be the spin chagrin. Like this isn't even like there, there, there's nothing about this that I could talk about aside from like, honestly, like just reviewing the movie, which I, what I just said is a decent encapsulation of it. Um, so I just I realized I had to watch something else. Okay. So I was sitting. There I think it's Sunday. hilarious that you can't just have a chagrin score of like two, and you just can't take the you can't take the W. But yeah, I mean it would be it would be, it would be like probably a probably a three, you yeah. know. I would say because again, it's it's your standard direct to video horror fare. So, but it's also got a little bit of artistry to it in the way that it's filmed, and you know, again, like a decent approach to what's a really standard horror trope so just watchable so that's it's a three on the chagrin scale um if you i think it's free on prime so if you're ever sitting there and you're like hey i really have like exhausted all my other horror movie options it's definitely not a bad choice to just sit down and watch one night the 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 guy that directed it real quick has a movie called freaks i don't know if you watched it or not um it's a little girl that wants to like go out of her house emil hirsch is the father and it's like a sci-fi horror movie bruce Dern's in it um hmm. and stuff like that it's um 
very similar in terms of your macro description there the idea that it's it's just a very watchable movie like there's nothing necessarily offensive about it it's it's well paced it's it, it sounds more interesting maybe than some of the tropes of leprechaun but um but uh yeah he seems like a very capable director so it doesn't I mean, like, I'm, shock me i'm a big fan of that that particular trope when it's done well like i mm-hmm. think that's a really good because you always expect it like you know it's coming but they do little things here like the guys the guys wearing a rolex watch in the beginning of the movie and one of the characters comments like hey that's a really nice rolex and he's like oh you know one of the previous people that came through that i gave this tour to he appreciated it so much that he gave it to me and then later they're like trapped in this house and they're in the basement and there's just it's kind of like um texas chainsaw or um, wolf creek is another good example where there's just like all this like like piles and piles of like clothing and suitcases and you know like accoutrements or whatever and they're like basically the dawning horror that we're not the first people this has happened to and it happens a lot which i think is always like a cool moment when they can do that well in a horror movie so again you know like it's if you're a fan of horror movies especially if you like the whole like folk folklore-esque like cult horror movie Mm. and i mean cult like an actual cult not like Mm-hmm. the colloquial cult of just like a weird movie that few people like um like it's good it's 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 worth watching all right so <clears> anyway hit me with the swerve yeah like so sunday morning i get up and i'm like fuck i gotta watch so- something like for this podcast that i can talk about that's related to the wwe so i bring up Tubi and i search for stone cold steve austin because i figure that's my best shot okay so what I get is the 2007, I think it is, uh, yeah, 2007 um, action movie, The Condemned, uh, hmm. starring Mr. Stone Cold. I think um, one of his more popular movies, I think, actually. And for good reason, but we'll get to that. Okay. Um, so in the early 90s, there was this weird trilogy of movies that have no relation to each other but all have the general idea of here's a group of prisoners that are trapped somewhere that have explosive devices attached to them that if they try and escape or do something they'll explode um so there's no escape with ray liotta Hmm. which is like mid 90s i think um fortress with your boy uh christopher lambert or lambert and then um, Wedlock, which I think is Rucker Hauer, if I'm not mistaken, um, but all very like kind of similar themes. And that's it's it's a theme that happens elsewhere in other movies. And there's another movie from the 80s that I can't I, I've been looking for it since Sunday because I was like, fuck, this reminds me so much of X, but I can't remember what it is and I couldn't find it. So just trust me, there's a couple other sci fi movies from the 80s okay, that have yeah. similar ideas. Um The premise of this movie is that there's this TV producer um who's made a living by producing these really super popular but kind of like edgy uh television events and he's run out of ideas and he can't get anywhere with the network so what he's decided to do very realistically is he's found an island in the south pacific that's not really on any maps it's like an uncharted island uh-huh. and he is paid prison wardens from a number of third world prisons to buy 
prisoners that are super violent inside their prisons and take them all to the island and fit them with these ankle bracelets that have a GPS device and then like a trigger on them that will make them explode um, and have them fight to the death until there's only one left. So it also has some elements of like most dangerous game to it, kind of like the hunted is be- the hunter has become the hunted kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because all these people are like skilled at some sort of like combat or are in jail for some ridiculous number of like murders or killing spree or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's going to pit them against each other. So there's a Russian guy, there's um, like a Japanese ninja. Um, uh, Vinnie Jones is like the central villain. Like he's this former SAS officer that kind of got um, disavowed or whatever, and was kind of left to rot when he, a mission failed in Africa or something like that. Um, there's drug dealer from Detroit who ended up in Malaysia, um, who's just kind of like basically a walking stereotype of like, I don't know, like any inner city gangster movie from that time. Um, what else is there? There's some like big Greek dude. There's a couple of Hispanic guys. Well, there's a couple, there's a Hispanic man and woman that had like a murder spree in Guatemala. And they're actually the sympathetic characters in the movie. Hmm. Um, And then this woman who was like an assassin in Africa that got caught. Hmm. So then they want to have an, someone who's of Arabic descent because they want to try and like capture the middle East and have them. Cause they're, what they're going to do is they have like hundreds of cameras set up across this Island and they're going to produce this special that they're going to stream on the internet for 49 99 where you can watch these people kill each other um, in real time. And so the thing is that there's like betting on it and they want to get like the whole world involved because he wants to beat the Super Bowl for number of views. <clears throat> he wants to get 40 million, 40 million unique views. I can't remember. I can't believe I remember all this shit. Um, so they're, they go to get their Arabic guy. So their first Arabic guy gets killed somehow being brought into the country but they don't really explain it just like oh he got shot so they go to this prison in south america somewhere uh el salvador i think is where it is and they go to get this other arabic guy and for some reason the warden's like goes up to this this cell and he's like hey you we need you and stone cold steve austin turns around and says like fuck yourself motherfucker or something like that (laughs) Um, there's a lot of lot of lot, lot, lot of cursing from Stone Cold in this movie, which mm. really caught me off guard because I'm not used to like four letter words coming out of Stone Cold. Um, so they take him into the cell, and he like in two hits, like murders this or knocks out this guy that's going to be the replacement. And the producers like watching this on closed caption. He's like, or whatever, closed circuit, and he's like, no, get that guy. That's the guy we want. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that whoever's left is going to get their freedom and a million dollars. And that's the setup. So they bring all these people to the Island and as they're flying them in, they're sort of explaining to them what the thing is. They have them all handcuffed. And what they're doing is they're putting a key to the handcuffed in their mouths and then pushing them out of a helicopter into the water where they then have to kind of like um, free themselves and they get to the shore and then they can find each other and start killing each other. But, um, stone cold he ain't having none of that so when they try and put the key in his mouth he beats up the producer 
and then they just throw him out of a plane onto a beach so he's like all handcuffed and shit Mm -hmm. so then the progression of the movie is kind of like um it almost sort of feels like like an episode of lost in a lot of ways because it's these different people in the jungle like kind of trying to find each other and Hmm. um so there's different setups and people start dying of course um stone cold helps the so he comes upon the hispanic guy and his wife and he helps them but i don't remember how but somehow ingratiates himself with them and so the hispanic guy's like hey you don't have a key take this key you know you're gonna need it um and that plays out because they become like friends amigos as he calls them all the time um so then it turns to the subplot where it turns out that stone cold is a special ops ranger who was doing jobs like black ops jobs for the government yeah Mm -hmm. and had completed a job in el salvador but had gotten caught and because he refused to give up any like you know who he was he gave him a fake name and was put in jail for murder because the el salvadorian government is corrupt or something and he left behind a girlfriend and her two kids that he was like a father to and nobody knows if he's alive because the government's not willing to talk about him anymore you know because like he's a dirty secret kind of so she ends up seeing him on tv and then oh so when they're bringing him on i forgot about this part when they're when they're bringing him onto the plane like onto the helicopter to drop him off on the island they're like we don't know anything about you tell us about you and he's like you know go fuck yourself and they're like okay fine then you're a kkk member and a child rapist and you um blew up a clinic for what did they say children and retards or something like i don't know it's super offensive um and so that's how they portray him so like yeah his girlfriend sees it and like she works at this bar so she goes to this bar and they sign up for the 49.99 pay-per-view which somehow they let him do it in a bar which i don't anyway so they're all like everybody in this bar that knows stone cold whose name is like whatever his name is john jack, something. jack riley yeah jack riley but he goes by jack something else conrad yeah like oh that's not jack conrad that's jack Riley. they're like why are they saying these things about him so then everybody there is invested in jack like winning this thing so then it kind of becomes this pretty cool like i don't know like throwback 80s like cat and mouse action movie with a whole lot of meta commentary about the internet and streaming and our obsession as a culture with violence and death and whatever right but none of that shit matters because it's really just like people stalking each other through the jungle and like murdering each other which is it's pretty entertaining um, and it's also weird that they're trying to do meta commentary when that's the whole point of their movie is just that like there's no redeeming <laughs> like message it really is just like hey be entertained by these people killing each other so it's almost like a like in a it's it's like punching someone and then apologizing and then punching them again harder kind of like so i don't know. i so real quick you, you do know that the concept of this is is an old george carlin joke i don't know if you remember that stand-up piece in like 93 94 but he talks about how like basically they need to like put them all like you know like in these like confined areas like prisoners like that murderers in one rapists in the other like you know and then and just take like all these he's you know he has this bit about taking all these midwest states and like nobody lives there anyway let's just take those and we'll put them all in there and then we'll like you know let them just like kill each other and then we open up the gates and let them like 
try to like get through to the other gates if they want to so that they can start intermingling with one another and then it's like the kind of punchline is that like you know and you know what let's put it on tv you know in fact let's put it on pay-per-view like um people will pay to watch these people like kill each other like so it's they they took it from i think a george carlin joke largely um which well, it's funny as a carlin joke because he's making fun of like he's making fun of like our consumerism at that point like largely as the punchline and this is obviously kind of like missing kind of like hitting that point but also missing it at the same time it seems like what you're saying there's also a short story from the 80s that has a similar plot line to this hmm. but i mean like straight it's not a comedy or whatever like sure. i don't think it's satire it's just uh whatever yeah. uh, <clears throat> dystopian sci-fi story but i can't remember what it's called um let me tell you something i ain't paying to watch rape camp so the fuck's rape camp that's where you're sending one group of people. Like, I don't want to watch. The, oh, the, you don't want to watch the rape. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. People trying to like rape each other. Okay. I mean, I'm probably I not paying you. for murder camp either, but I'm definitely not going to watch like the rapist. Like, <laughs> right. City. Right. Yeah. Um, but if the bar got it for 49.99, like, would you, would you watch rape camp? Like at the bar? Is it COVID or post COVID? It, it's, it's a, it's COVID world. It's, yeah. That's, I, I don't know. I mean, if it's on, I'm drunk enough. Who cares? We've watched worse at the bar, probably. Probably. Um, we watched um, Nana Swirly time at the bar, so that was pretty <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's true. That's, that's a completely out of context <clears throat> inside. It joke. is, but that's a, that, that'd that be a funny story for the best 30 minutes someday. Maybe. Yeah. Now, nah, because after we're done this review, I'm going to explain Nana Swirly time. Okay. Um, so anyway, so of course stone cold like the hispanic guy his his it's actually really it's a horrifying concept but to their credit they don't um what's what i'm looking for like they don't exploit it so the hispanic guy gets captured by vinnie jones makes friends with the um, ninja and they start working together to like take people down so they take down they capture the hispanic guy and his wife and they're basically going to rape the wife, but they do that all off camera and they just do it through the horrified reactions of some of the people that are on the television crew. So it's kind of their way to take some of those people and sort of make them not so much heroes, but at least more sympathetic mm -hmm. <clears throat> so that you're not just completely disgusted with every character in the movie, except for Stone Cold and people that are in America watching this on TV and like rooting for Stone Cold. Sure. Um, which is actually kind of an interesting idea to do that is to show that there's some people that didn't realize. I mean, I guess like how did you not realize the inhumanity of what's happening and it took that? But you know, like seeing that happen is kind of like an interesting part in some character development um among these these actors. Um so anyway, so they do that all off camera, which I was happy with that they didn't was didn't show like some kind of graphic rape. <clears throat> um because it's like increasingly one of the things that makes me super nauseous and like exploitation films is like graphic sure. depictions yeah. of rape um so anyway so it comes down to the end where it's uh stone cold the female assassin vinnie jones and the ninja are left and the ninja and vinnie jones are chasing stone cold um but he's getting away from him and kind of getting the upper hand sometimes and then escaping and the thing is the twist is that the producer of the show um 
colluded with Vinnie Jones beforehand and was like, hey, mm. I'm going to give you random weapon drops and basically <clears throat> help you win because I think you're the most marketable person on here. And I think you'll give me the best show. So the whole time, like Vinnie Jones is getting basically like um, like Call of Duty, uh, like drops are like dropping in for him. Right. So he's getting weapons and shit. So he has like a bow and arrow and knives and everybody mm-hmm. else has to fabricate weapons. Why, like Stone- <laughs> Why would they give him a bow and arrow and knives? Like if he's like in on it, why wouldn't they just give him a gun? Well, because they're trying to prolong it. They want it to go on as long as okay, possible. Gotcha. To get because the thing is, is like the, the longer it goes, the more people are logging in and like paying for this. Yeah. Um, which feels like diminishing returns on their it part. It does. Because yeah. Yeah. like, hey, if like four or five people have already died, like, you know, you're already guaranteed that it's not going to go on for much longer. Right. It's a bad, it's a bad business concept. <clears throat> you, want to, you want them to pay like every so many hours or something like that, I think would be the best way to do it. You would think. Yeah. Um. But I guess you can go back and like rewatch anything while it's streaming. But also, you would think that this website, which is showing a snuff film in essence, um, would get taken down at some point. You think so? But it doesn't because I guess in 2007, people didn't understand the internet well enough to understand like how it works. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I really don't want to diminish the stupidity of this movie. I don't want to diminish this movie by explaining its stupidity because mm. it's just one of those things where. You just have to accept it. I get you. It's such a ridiculous concept. You've already fucking like yeah. suspended your disbelief. So if if you can't get past certain things, you might as well not be watching the movie. Sure. I guess in essence. Um, yeah. And we'll talk of, about kind of like of the... Stone Cold, like beating up Booker T in a grocery store. Right. Like right. same idea. Right. Like just got it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about some of the more ridiculous things after I finish. So yeah. Stone Cold gets the upper hand and escapes from them, but then is. Oh, so Stone Cold's weaponry, because he doesn't have access to, like, knives and shit, mm-hmm. is he takes this gate made out of rebar yeah. and uses his superhuman Stone Cold strength huh. to bend the bars of the rebar to make, like, two, I don't know, like, foot-long bars, basically, and then tapes them to his forearms and uses them as, like, tonfas, if you know that term. Um, basically, I, like, these sticks... That. Uh, Tonfa's like this weapon where I, I think I know what you're talking it's about. It's like a billy club, kind of, that has yeah. a stick that sticks out like two thirds of the way yeah. up, and you hold onto that stick, and then you use anyway. So he, he makes that, but he tapes okay. them to his wrists. Um, some fucking Jean Claude Van Damme shit. Um, mm-hmm. so he's in this bunker, and the woman assassin is in there too, and she tries to kill Stone Cold. But he uses her body as a shield to absorb one of Vinnie Jones's bow and arrows. Um, And then it's like, hey, let me help you escape. But he already killed her because he got Vinnie Jones to shoot her like through her back and like into her chest. Hmm. So she so there's a thing like where you can pull the pin out of the um, ankle ankle bracelet and it'll just blow up. It's like a grenade, basically. So a couple of people die that way. So she's like, no, I can't go on. So she commits suicide by doing that. Mm-hmm. And Stone Cold jumps down into a sewer grate, but nobody can see him. Um, so everybody thinks Stone Cold is dead. Mm-hmm. But then Stone Cold emerges and kills the ninja by stabbing him to death with his own knife, mm-hmm. um, which is admittedly kind of cool. Uh, so then him and Vinnie Jones are chasing each other, but then the um, the producer is like, nah, fuck this. Like, I put my money on this guy. 
So he does an airdrop of submachine guns to Vinnie Jones. Or no, I'm sorry, a shotgun to Vinnie Jones. So then Vinnie Jones has a shotgun. So he starts trying to kill Stone Cold and Stone Cold's getting away. And then there's a bunch of people in like um, ghillie suits. You're familiar with that term? No. A, a ghillie suit is uh, um, the full body suits that like uh, are like made of brush and shit like that. Yeah, it, 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 it's like basically like camouflage. Yeah, it's like natural camouflage with like, right. yeah, so, I, I got you. Yeah. Like you can blend in. So they're yeah. on these ghillie suits. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> they're filming Vinnie Jones. So he realizes they're there. So he shoots this guard with the shotgun and then he kills the guy with the camera with the shotgun. And now everybody's like, oh, my God. Like this is this is getting way too real because even though they've just watched other people get killed, now it's like other people that matter, I guess. So now right, everyone's like right. all freaked out. Yeah. Even though Stone Cold had snuck into their camp earlier and used their communication devices to call his girlfriend. Oh, I forgot about that subplot. To call his girlfriend and give her the longitude of the camp, but then he got cut off so he couldn't get her the latitude. So now they gotta like figure out where this this island is. Mm. So she goes to the FBI and the FBI wants to rescue him. But then the Pentagon comes in and says, nah, you can't rescue him because we put him in this situation and we can't acknowledge that he exists. And the director of the FBI is like, I don't know, politics, right? And everybody else is like, oh, this is is such bullshit because we want to save Stone Cold or Jack Clayton or whatever the fuck. Um, But then in the end, they do. So... They finally figure out where the island is because they're like, okay, it's fine. You can go rescue this guy. Um, so now they're on their way there to like the Navy's there to rescue him. Um, but that's later in the movie. So you think that Vinnie Jones has killed Stone Cold because he shoots his arm with the shotgun as Stone Cold is running away and Stone Cold is floating face down in this like lagoon. Mm-hmm. So Vinnie Jones goes back to the base camp um, victorious because now everybody else is dead. And the producer at this point has found out that the Navy's on the way, so he's trying to escape. And I can't remember what they say. Like, there's one helicopter left on the island because they took, like, some other people back to some other island. So I don't know why, like, those other helicopters couldn't come back, but apparently they can't. Hmm. Um, so the producer's basically, like, talks to his one friend and is like, hey, we're going to get out of here. But just me and you, like, we're leaving everybody else. And he's like, what about everybody else? He's like, hey, you know, we'll send helicopters for him later. And anyway, the Navy's after me. They're not after anybody else. Um, so then Vinnie Jones is like, hey, I did what you wanted me to do. Um, where's my money? And he's like, you're lucky I'm letting you become a free man. You haven't earned any money. Just be happy with what you got. This dude that's just murdered like numerous people and has been portrayed as like this big badass. And now this like scrawny little producer dude is going to try and like break bad on him. So obviously right. that doesn't end well. So Vinnie Jones, of course, like breaks free of like the two guards that are watching him and murders them both. And then in one of the funniest segments in the whole movie. So, so you, you, you don't know Stone Cold's alive at this point. They haven't like cut back to you seeing him like moving and like breathing. Sure. Like, he was just floating face down. So this is the tension point. So Vinnie Jones takes a submachine gun. And goes into the tent where all these people are still like, like working on these, like, you know, their camera angles and shit. And is like, so all you fuckers were like getting off watching us kill each other, right? Like, I guess you like, you like to watch people die and proceeds to murder every single person one at a time (laughs) in slow motion. (laughs) And it's like, so there's there's this one producer who's a woman that's obviously got the hots for the main producer guy 
and she's all into the idea of people killing each other so he murders her first and then there's like this like mousy dude um that was kind of sort of into it and he murders him second then there's this other chick that was still in on it and he murders her third and like he just keeps murdering people until yeah. finally he gets to this one dude that was like the assistant producer that was always like yeah i'm 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 all about the mission like we need to film these people dying and he's like so what about you do you like to watch and he's like Ooh, and he's like look me in the eye and tell me and he's like i'm so sorry i thought it was okay but now i realize i was wrong and then Vinny jones like shoots him in slow motion and it's like jump cuts all over the place this guy like and then he dies so uh, the one actor in the movie that aside from stone cold that you would know is nathan jones uh, and benny jones well rick hoffman Hoffman. you know rick hoffman look at a picture of him oh yeah that guy Um, yeah Rick, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. rick hoffman is the dude that plays the scuzzy He's in the hostile movies. Um he is. He's also in some TV. I know he's um I know he's in an episode of Chuck, but there's other things that he's in TV watch. But every everywhere he is, he's playing Oh like, suits. He's Louis Lit in the TV show. That's his most famous role. Louis Lit in the yeah. TV show. He's he's like the best part of that entire show in suits. So he's yeah. he's always some like moderately scuzzy. He's got like some oily charm to him, but he's just kind of like a scumbag and mm-hmm. almost everything. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the role in Hostel that he plays. Um, and that's his role here. But he's one of the guys that kind of starts to gain a, like a appreciation that they're like not doing the right thing when he like sees the rapes. Like he goes outside and throws up and he's like, I don't know if I can continue on. And the guy's like, I'm paying you so much money. So simultaneously to Vinnie Jones murdering all the like minor producers in this tent um that guy has gone outside and is like hey where are you going because the producer and his butt buddy or i shouldn't say it like that the producer and like his unctuous like best friend are going to the helicopter to get away and he's like what about me you're not taking me with you and he's like what are you you're just some tv guy like you're not you're not the producer like me and he's like, well, fuck that. Like, I'm the one that made all this happen. I earned you all this money with my camera work. Like, you need to, like, take me away. So they murder him um, in cold blood. So these two dudes that are just, like, TV producers 10 minutes before are now, like, murdering people. So whatever. But they get their comeuppance. We'll get to that. Um, oh, because Vinnie Jones murders them, too. That's right. Yeah, but they're they're so they're dead by the time he murders everybody else mm-hmm. so Vinnie jones has murdered them and then he goes into the tent and murders everybody else and then the only person left is this blonde girl who was the main producer's girlfriend who was the first person to gain a conscience and say we shouldn't be doing this even though again she knew what they were doing and went to the island willingly with him and was all into it until people started dying it's like go fuck yourself lady like you can't like have your cake and eat it too you can't be offended now after like people have started to die um so vinnie jones has her cornered and is presumably about to like rape her and then murder her because that's kind of like what he says but then stone cold shows up behind him and has a gun he he has a submachine gun now because he's come back so he makes vinnie jones sit lower his submachine gun and sit down and then vinnie jones is like you and me are the same person you know we're both products of the government like leaving us to die and you know, it's not like I really want to murder people, but this is what they made me. It's actually like not a bad like 
and villain soliloquy kind of thing, like kind of trying to curry some favor with Stone Cold. And so Stone Cold slowly lowers his submachine gun, like you think, oh man, Benny Jones is getting through to this dude. And then he's like, nah, we're not the same, and pulls a pistol out and just like kills Benny Jones. <laughs> um, and it's pretty, it's it's pretty awesome. And so <laughs> then the Navy shows up and he gets to go home. And the last scene is him reuniting with his girlfriend on her farm. So here's an unbelievable thing. And I guess it's believable if you think the Stone Cold was paid <clears throat> like a lot of money by the army to do this shit, which I don't believe they'd pay him like a lot of money. I think they'd just pay him like whatever and tell him like, ah, it's your job, you know, duty, blah, blah, blah. This woman is, this is a trope that I hate in movies. So you, like backstory, myself, you, our friends, Orion and Mike, um, friends of the podcast from the best 30 minutes talk sometimes about movie tropes that we hate like things mm-hmm. that happen in movies we hate and there's like sure. a list that we've kind of come up with to start and mm-hmm. it's all like just generic things i hate the trope of the person that does what in the real world would be a very blue collar or service industry level job like they're a waitress they work at a gas station and no offense to anyone that does that, but just to set the scene, they do some job that traditionally does not pay very well in the real world. Mm-hmm. And they live somewhere that is this amazing giant property with like lots of land or animals or a big house. It's like so completely unbelievable with no backstory as to how they're able to afford that shit. Because this woman's a waitress at a bar and has two kids and lives on this goddamn amazing ranch. I mean, where the, the is this his girlfriend or wife? Girlfriend only, and they never okay. really say that like he was supporting her. Right, Just they they were they were together. Okay, and then he got caught and he disappeared for over a year, and she thought he was dead. Gotcha. Yeah. So it would have to be like, yeah, this is, if there's no idea that he's supporting her, then, um. Yeah, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Can I tell you, tell you something? Because I always, like, I don't jump ahead of you, like, on Wikipedia when you're telling me about the movie. But it's like, uh-huh. I, I, I read and catch up, like, on their description. I've just found this hilarious. How they describe the end of the movie on Wikipedia is Conrad is driven back to Sarah's home in Texas, a free man. Sarah, who presumed him dead after he fell off the cliff in his struggle against Nick Startley, greets him <laughs> yeah that's right, <laughs> All right. It's like, but it's like I, I can imagine what that scene is but it's like i i think the verb greets yeah in that circumstance is well, hilarious like there's I actually it, there's actually not much that happens like the end of the movie is like a, a pickup truck of course like driving him there and then him getting out and her like running up i mean it's seriously it's really not much they kind of just end it but yeah, so how how does she greet him? I don't remember. Greet. She like runs up and hugs him and kisses him or something. Right, sure. That's more than greeting. He's like, he's, he's back for good. Like they embrace. It's I like would. it's like when he sees the verb greets him. It's like she like hey. walked up to him and like 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 put out her hand and like shook his. Sup, <laughs> yo, how you been? Long time. Right. Um. So there's some really really funny shit in this movie, and the best thing about this is that. One of the reasons, so I was looking at the Marine movies and I was looking at like 12 rounds or whatever. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that was possible to watch for WWE. And first of all, full disclosure, I did not want to pay any money 
to watch one of these fucking movies. So I was definitely watching something that was free somewhere. Although I was thinking about paying the money for the um, uh, Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley uh, 12 rounds two or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't. So I got the, this is what you get. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that I like so much about this movie or that I found entertaining was that it didn't take itself seriously. Like, even though it was trying to tell, like, a semi-serious story, it definitely had a sense of humor about itself, and it was definitely tongue-in-cheek most of the time. So, one of the best parts of the movie, and it actually made me laugh out loud, um, so the story behind the, the the Black American character that's in this movie is that he was a um, drug dealer in America, <clears throat> and his his girlfriend basically betrayed him and got him sent to jail. So while he was in jail, he was getting transferred to Folsom prison under minimum security. And he was able to break out and escape, flee into Mexico and then get, um, use the money that he had like squirreled away to get to Malaysia where through his own, um, like grit and determination basically created like a hash um, selling business where he was selling hash on the side to like tourists and was in love with this like Malaysian woman and living on the beach and just basically like this little like hash selling, but it got him by and he was able to like afford whatever he wanted and he was in love. And then she got picked up on what he calls a simple possession, which to me in like Malaysia probably is not a thing. <clears throat> but in order for her to, um, get out of trouble she turned him in Hmm. so she betrayed him and then because in malaysia the penalty for being a drug dealer is death and i don't know if that's true but in this movie that's what it is Mm -hmm. he was back on death row and he was like you know so betrayed by a woman twice so when this is happening him and the the black female assassin character are hunkered down in a like world war ii era bomber that crashed on this island which is one of the ways they find the island because they get historians to look at the making of the aircraft from the stream and try and figure out like where those aircraft flew, which is actually kind of a cool, like probably not realistic, but thing that like, I don't know, to build that backstory of the FBI into something more than just silly. Mm-hmm. So he's, she's giving him a massage because they're hiding out and they've decided to work together and he's telling her this and she's like, so she betrayed you and he was like yeah and let me tell you something and this is while this woman who's like a condemned killer is like massaging your back so he's already Uh an idiot Uh he's like let me tell you something it's gonna be a long time before i can trust any woman again (laughs) like i just i don't know i mean i don't think i have it in me where i'm gonna let my guard down to any woman just for no reason Mm -hmm. and then he's like baby why'd you stop rubbing and you hear beep 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 and he looks down and while she was giving a massage she pulled the pin out of his ankle bracelet (laughs) and he's like ain't that a bitch woman got me again and then he explodes (laughs) and it's just really funny and like the timing is 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 actually pretty cool Mm -hmm. um on the whole thing so it's there's really no point to that character like all he does is fight the um the ninja for a little bit and then he runs away and then that's where the ninja like kind of joins up with uh vinnie jones um but it's just it's 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 funny and it's a it's like that that that's the whole sense of humor of that movie is basically like jokes like that. And again, I give it credit for 
you know, not really stooping to be an exploitive, like, it's not, because, like, a lot of movies would, like, take the time to, like, show you at least, like, graphic nudity in, like, a rape scene, or they wouldn't invest anything in a backstory in any of these characters, and sometimes I think that's okay, so a movie that you and I watched in the past few years that we both really liked a lot is, um, uh, what is it, Beat Down in Cell Block 99 or whatever? Brawl in Cell Block, yeah. Brawl in Cell Block 99, which mm-hmm. really, like, doesn't give you a whole lot of backstory. I mean, it does a little bit, but mostly it's it's very visceral in the way that it's kind of, like, showing what's happening yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, maybe a little too much, but it's not a long movie, so it's, like, whatever. It's just sure. trying to invest some sort of, like, humanity in these ridiculous characters. But, I mean, I was entertained, you know? Like, I didn't feel like it dragged it at all. I wasn't looking at my watch and being like, oh, my God, when is this going to end? Um, it was not difficult to finish it in one sitting and it's by no means like a great movie or even necessarily a good movie, but again, it's like watchable. And if you want to kill, you know, 90 minutes of your life with just a really fun, like throwback to the late eighties, early nineties, like action movie, like it's that's interesting that you think it's that short because it's actually 113 minutes. Huh? So it must move pretty pretty briskly and have decent pacing if you thought it was that short. I mean, here's the thing is that it really benefits from the fact that Stone Cold Steve Austin is just kind of an entertaining dude, like no matter what he does, like mm-hmm. his mannerisms, his facial expressions. I mean, you're not getting like any kind of like Olivier level performance here, but it's it's, it's Stone Cold, you know, in a role where he's basically... I don't know, just playing some like dude that's in a bad situation, kind of. Yeah. And they don't make him a superhuman. You know, he's not doing like ridiculous, like ninja level moves. Like he, he does suplex some people, which is pretty hilarious when that happens. Um, <laughs> he doesn't stun anybody, anybody though, right? Yeah. He never gave anyone a stunner, which I was right. very disappointed by. Yeah. But he does a, he does a belly to back suplex on someone at one point. Um, and in, in the scope of, like, what's happening in that scene, like, it actually kind of works. But, you know, I mean, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, if you like those low-budget, like, Delta Force and missing in action and Commando kind of, um, I don't know, like, any of those movies, like, that you will be entertained by this movie. It's It's akin to those. So not a classic, not, like, anything that would ever win any awards. Or I wouldn't say, like, this is a hidden gem but you know it's definitely a decent evening yeah I, I, overall i think stone cold is just a likable dude like I, overall and like look i i know he's had his issues like in his personal life but like um which make him less likable but he seems like a guy who's kind of like moved past that tried to overcome it and right. tries to support those that are I mean, here's the thing. Disenfranchised, like, you know, not as privileged, and he just seems like a decent dude who, like, you know, is constantly trying to evolve and grow, um, you know, in a real way, not like in a Joe Rogan way, but like, and is is really trying to, like, you know, like, figure life out and, like, treat people decently and wants to be treated decently, and um, I just think he's a likable dude. He was obviously, like, you know, with Hulk Hogan, the biggest wrestler in like the what past like 40 years oh yeah yeah, yeah. and 
and like ratings wise it's like it's like there's nobody that doesn't there's people i think nowadays that are younger that probably don't really know hulk hogan where everybody knows who stone cold steve Austin mm, is. i think everyone knows who hulk hogan is i uh i don't know about that i don't I'm know gonna, about that anymore i'll poll students this coming week i think they would know him as a joke kind of like maybe not the Hulkster era Hulk Hogan, but I think that he's enough of a cultural meme in a lot of ways. I, I think you're overestimating it based on who your son and his circle is, because I asked this week, does how many people have seen? Because I was trying to use an example of a strong female in a time period they wouldn't like that they're too young for, and I've I had already talked about Sigourney Weaver, and I came up with Linda Hamilton. Yeah, it and. I said, how many people in here have seen Terminator 2? And out of the two classes, I have a reduced class size right now because of COVID, um, out of the 20 students, three had, had knew of Terminator 2. Three out of That's 20 knew of Terminator 2. So, See, in the I, era of streaming, though, it's really surprising to me that more... Yeah, I agree. Only because, not, not because of, like, they would want to seek it out, but just because it ends up being there. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're watching YouTube, though, Frank. I mean, they're they're not like unless like somebody, some personality tells them <laughs> to seek it out. They're not seeking it out. I mean, so okay, so here's who I here's who I think at least like sixty percent of younger people would know from wrestling. Mm-hmm. I think people would know who Hulk Hogan is. Yep. I think people would know who Andre the Giant is. Mm. Only Maybe. because of Princess well, because. Pride. Not only that, but HBO did those two specials recently, yeah. like in the past couple of years, and the Obey symbol and stuff. I don't know. I mean, he's yeah. like, like an a physical icon. I mean, yeah, I, Euphoria is Euphoria on HBO. Like young people know that, so they might have seen the Andre the Giant documentary, like promo or like trailer. <laughs> um, I think I think most people would know who Macho Man Savage is. Maybe not as a wrestler, but as like a caricature. Um, because he's in a lot of memes. And then I think they know Stone Cold. I think they know The Rock. Yes. I'd imagine that most people there are some people like, that there are some young people though that don't know the rock was a wrestler. Right, right. But they know like, Yeah, they they know Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. They recognize Dwayne Johnson mm-hmm. and they would know that he was called the called rock. The rock yeah. Um I think a lot of people would know who Brock Lesnar is, maybe. Maybe not the sixty percent, but I would say at least like forty to fifty percent. I think a lot of young men would know who Brock Lesnar is. Yeah. Right. That's why I'm saying like 40 to 50%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I don't know, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like there really hasn't been anybody and by design in sure. the past 15 years that really has kind of maybe 20 years. That's really kind of elevated themselves to any kind of Cena. They would know Cena. Yes. Yes. Like they everyone would know, would know who Cena yeah. is. And he's like the last person that has really yeah. elevated himself yeah. And is honestly probably the best actor out of all of those people, because um, he's yeah. Well, they 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 wouldn't know him as a wrestler, but Batista, Dave Batista, oh would Batista, be, right, would You're be right. high on that list as well. Um, yeah, but, they, but they would know him as an actor as opposed to probably, um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, we we've talked about this a number of times on the podcast, although mostly indirectly. But you and I are both pretty big fans of wrestling from a long term perspective, and mm-hmm. then we're sort of lapsed in our watching of it and kind of over the past like five or six years um, sort of half ironically and half because we genuinely enjoy watching wrestling mm-hmm. um, come back to watch it 
like pretty frequently and follow the major promotions mm-hmm. and stuff. So one of the reasons why I think this ended up being like a portion of my podcast, plus you threatened me at one point that my quick cage replacement should be um, watching all the WWE universe movies, yes. which would have been super easy because looking through it, like I've seen so many of them. Yeah. Well, I've still would have made you watch the ones you'd already seen. So I'd watch the rundown and walking tall and seen a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I even like, I don't mind the Scorpion King. I didn't realize that was a WWE production. That's actually their first one. Did you know that? I did know that for WWE films. Yep. That's that was crazy to me. Like I had no idea. Yep. I didn't know that. Um, now I wanted you to watch the shit with like Randy Orton and the Miz and like all that kind of bullshit. So, like, but, so that which that I think actually, of them too is Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. So that was my point though. Is that like, and I I have not seen these movies, so I'm only speaking just whatever like it's a supposition on my part but Mm -hmm. i feel like those movies would take themselves too seriously and like i can only watch movies like this when there's some element of kish to it or Mm -hmm. whatever like like i mentioned in the beginning we talked about i said fortress wedlock and um no escape right Mm -hmm. fortress is by far the worst of those movies to watch because christopher lambert has no sense of humor about himself like that dude is just constantly he does not no constantly no. serious about the lambert like image yeah he, so he's in that brand yeah but wedlock is a funny movie like i i think that was one that used to be on um cable when uh on the weekends that i would see like not when i was a kid kid but when i was like in my teens it was on um and then I've definitely seen No Escape a couple of times because that movie's ridiculous. <laughs> the Leota movie. Um, but, you know, like, the movies that have, like, a sense of humor about themselves or are just made to be fun. Like, it's not somebody who thinks they're making some kind of great... They know what they are. Right. Like, exactly. Yeah. You got to know yourself to make mm-hmm. B-movies. and Sure. Um, now, every once in a while, somebody, like, can elevate, I think, a B-movie past that point. Mm-hmm. Um a good example of that is the, the Clove Hitch Killer movie that we oh, watched yeah. a couple years mm-hmm. ago. I think which, currently still on Netflix. Yep. You know, low budget movie, but definitely took itself seriously. And that's a really good movie. Yeah. It elevates itself to something better than super uncomfortable. Right. The budget would like mm-hmm. that, that you would think from a straight to video. Yeah. Maybe Clove Hitch Killer was released theatrically. I don't know. But as far as I know, it was a straight to video yeah. release. Um, Performance of that well, McDermott, right? Yeah, yeah. Performance of his career, like. So anyway, so this is a movie that's tongue in cheek. Again, if if you like those Chuck Norris, Sylvester Stallone, um, Lorenzo Lamas movies right. from that era, <clears throat> like this will be up your alley, and you'll enjoy it. And you know, nice. Um, so I was a little wrong, like about well, not. I wasn't wrong, I guess, but it's like, mm-hmm. this is the movie with Austin that I hear most about, like of actually like when I've heard over the years of being okay, like, you know, it's a decent movie. And so I look, I was looking up on Rotten Tomatoes and this might be the biggest, maybe one of the biggest discrepancies I've ever seen, unless there's trolls involved, 15% from critics, 58% from audiences. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Don't, I, I don't, don't think that. even on the primary podcast, I don't think we've seen that high of a discrepancy before. Um, that's really. I don't. Massive. I honestly don't get the fifty-eight percent from audiences because I think that if you look at the description of this movie and sit down to watch it, mm-hmm. I think you know yourself well enough to enjoy it. Does that make sense? Like, it does. I don't. Sure. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be going into this and thinking that it's going to be. Yeah. Unless, right. unless maybe the thing is, is that for as much violence there is, there is in this movie, there's not a huge amount of like over gory kills in it. That's interesting. The first one and a half star review that I see on, among audiences, gratuitously violent and uncomfortably grim B movie that's taken far too seriously. <laughs> it's like oh, the exact man. opposite of everything you just said. Um, I, Look again, there's like all kinds of like wink and nod jokes the entire movie. Where they're again, it's, it's like I said, they're basically criticizing it's a criticism of exactly what they're doing. Like, mm-hmm. either it's the most wrong headed approach to like, I don't know, I, I, I don't know what to say. Like, that, that movie is not all right. So, here, here's Mago B. Oh, no, sorry, that's not Brandon S. Sorry. A one and a half star review. Well paced, exciting and exceedingly well directed. It's just the same that the material has no moral compass and is totally unoriginal. (laughs) I don't know, man. You walk into that movie, you should know what you're getting like. Right. Right. I I, I, I would tend without having seen that, I would tend to agree with you. I mean, okay, so if your star system is like completely objective, okay sure it's one and a half stars i mean Mm -hmm. i'll i'll give you that but i don't think you can have a completely objective star system like or rating system like everything has to be rated in the context of what it is and what it's pretending to be right so here's a good example of a movie we'll never talk about on the podcast because it's fucking garbage fucking the nightmare alley um movie the remake or whatever okay let's let's get into this then okay yeah 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 let's let's do it Oscar nominated, right. motherfucker. Oscar nominated. Go ahead. So Talk about this best best picture nominee. Number one, an hour longer than it needs to be. And is ball. Oh, you down. did oh, you finished it? Oh no, I still haven't finished it. And that's how I know it's shit. I'm never going back and finishing that fucking movie. I got an huh? hour and forty-ish minutes into this movie and paused it and said, I can't watch any more of this. This is fucking garbage. And the thing was, is that I knew how it was going to end. Like mm. they had tele- telegraphed it through like the worst foreshadowing ever. Cause it's basically like in the first 15 minutes of the movie, you know how the movie's going to like end because they tell you through, I don't know, like they might as well like turn to the screen and have fucking Bradley Cooper stare you in the eyes and be like, pay attention to what I'm about to say. Wink, wink. <laughs> All right, just just to confirm this, Frank texted me Saturday night and or Friday night. I can't remember which night you watched it, but um, it was Friday. It's Friday. So Frank texted me and was telling me about this movie, which I have not watched yet. And but he, I've seen the original and he hasn't, like from the forties. And he asked me, "Is is this how this movie ends?" And I was like, "Well, yeah." There's like 
a bit of like a hopefulness to the end but you're exactly right like in terms of like the two like main things that happened to this main character and um so he was exactly right about how it was going to end and yeah so like you were accurate and you knew exactly where it was going with an hour left in the movie so so first of all there's no hope in this movie like there's nothing hopeful about it and bradley cooper's character is nigh irredeemable which is incredibly difficult to watch for any length of time but especially in a full-length motion picture and it can work sometimes because both of us are really big fans of henry portrait of a serial killer yeah but it works because it's so constant and expertly done that it just Mm -hmm. like overwhelms you like the power of that performance sure bradley bradley cooper is terrible in this movie he is first of all i thought the character was mute for the first like 15 minutes until he finally talked and there's no reason for him not to talk in the beginning he just doesn't and then it's like they sort of try and ingratiate you to him through like some things that he does but he's a scumbag like from almost the beginning and they don't even start it with any like I don't know. I don't want to spoil anything for this movie, yeah. even though I would yeah. say to anyone that's thinking about watching it, my friend at work, um, we, so I, I was off yesterday. So today he came into work and hadn't seen him since Friday. And we were like talking in the morning and he was like, Oh man, let me tell you about this terrible movie I watched this weekend. And I said, was it nightmare alley? And he said, it was nightmare alley. And we both, he actually finished it him and his wife and he said that they were very close to stopping like several times and just he said in the 20 years of their relationship since they've been married and been together that they've not finished two movies and this was almost number three on several occasions it's way too long what did i describe it to you as it was like batman returns meets oh shit hold on let me let me go backwards. Uh, oh God, we text too much, Frank. Oh no, super. Ah. It's super. While you look it up, it's super serious. It's dour. It's got Guillermo del Toro's. <laughs> what was it? No, no, I just, no, I just saw that. <laughs> I just saw the text that you sent me. Um, did I talk about Buster Buster Blues last night, or did I dream that? And then, <laughs> and then I laughed. Um. <laughs> I fell asleep, and I right. in my dream I said we were wa- real- we were watching just so everybody knows we were watching wrestling like together, and and Frank fell asleep, and um, and we okay okay we were not together we well, were on no. a Zoom call and Chris yes. was sharing his screen illegally. Um, what you um you had permission <laughs> anyway so. It's over. It's too. Long. It's too. It's too long. Here's the. Here's the text. It's too long. It's predictable. It's a little overproduced. Like imagine Tim Burton during the war without the humor. I'm bored off and on. Some of the performances are melodramatic at times. I don't think I like Bradley Cooper in this role. Um, yeah. I thought I said it was like the Dark Knight Returns. Meets Hold on, something. I'm 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 I'm, I'm oh, okay. the text here like. Cooper is asleep. 
is a complete scumbag. Like he's totally irredeemable. You already said that. I was watching a scene that was like Citizen Kane meets Batman Returns, and I had to stop. <laughs> yeah. So there's a scene where um my response is that sounds kind of awesome in the worst way imaginable. And you said just let me know when the zoom is up. <laughs> Cause you had stopped. Yeah, oh yeah. I I never went back. Uh so the scene in, in question is um fuck, who is that actress? Kate Kate Blanchett or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, who plays the this therapist character, this like shady therapist. So Bradley Cooper is always talking about how he won't talk about his past so they have this deal that she'll help him do something if he lets her basically psychoanalyze him about his past so they're in this office which looks like something out of like city of lost children Mm. with the snow blowing outside and he's sitting on the couch getting psychoanalyzed and you know what else it's like it's like he was involved in fallout right fallout 3 it, it feels like a combination of like what you would imagine Was the ruined it? offices. Yeah, yeah. He, um, or maybe not. Maybe I'm just confusing it because, um, what's his name? Uh, fucking Hellboy. I have no idea. Um, okay. Why can't I think of that actor's name? Fucking Sons of Anarchy, Big Jaw, Clay. Ron Perlman. Yeah, Ron, because Ron Perlman does the, the voiceover. Mm. The war never ends or war never changes. Anyway, imagine like the ruined offices of Fallout, but in perfect shape. Or, you know, what's a better example like Bioshock. Like imagine mm-hmm. Bioshock, like all the excesses, the steampunk shit in that, but in real life. And that's what this world looks like. The supposed depression era Chicago or wherever the fuck they are. Um and I'm watching this scene and it's like so melodramatic and the performances are so bad and it's just oversaturated with color and languorous in its shots and poorly framed. And I was like, fuck this movie. And that's where I stopped. And once you had confirmed that I was right about the ending, I don't feel like I needed to watch anymore. Sure. Makes sense. It It is absolutely. And I don't know what else is nominated for best picture. All right. So. I, w- I want to let's wrap up with the condemned real quick because the thing that I wanted to do after talking about the movie or multiple movies this week now is that I wanted to just kind of quickly go over nominees. Um, that was I already I've had it pulled up for three oh, nice. hours. Well, so, here's one. There's one of them. For there's me. one of them. <laughs> right. Um, so condemned. I just want to follow up with one critical review that like I just read the Ron Tomatoes on that is a positive review overall. It's Mark Bernardin from Entertainment Weekly who took over after our um, favorite reviewer Owen Gleiberman left. Mm. The, the line here is cheesy enough to satisfy, remember this is 2007, cheesy enough to satisfy your B-movie cravings and half ground ho- grindhouse's running time. <laughs> It's like, oh, there is a fucking dude that did not like Grindhouse whatsoever. My man. <laughs> yeah, you should maybe check out Mark Bernard in them. Um, let's see if you agree with him more. Um, I like Grindhouse both both sections. Um, one more than the other, but I like both of them. Uh, one of them is kind of worth watching, and the other one's bullshit. So, oh shit, 
Hmm. Okay. I remember that. Um, <clears throat> one is indifferent and one is hate, just so you know. <laughs> okay. All right. So that, that's that that that's a movie that walks the line. <laughs> All right. So let me let me know what's your what's the chagrin score on the condemned? It's a four. A four. Okay. All right. Sure. So leper. So you actually like prefer Leprechaun Origins over this? I legitimately thought Leprechaun Origins was a, a very high quality, disposable, low budget movie. Okay. Okay. Not perfect, but you know, I, and what it's, it's, what, it's, what it's elevates that just very slightly over the condemned? Then what's 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 the? There's some really the main the main villain in the condemned the guy that's like the um, producer mm-hmm. terrible performance it's mm. and his cadre of sycophants aside from the dude that's from that suit show also really bad performances whereas yeah it's not like there's great performances in leprechaun but when you put people in peril like constantly where they're not like quipping jokes and trying to be like cool dudes you know there's um you just get more out of that. There, there's there's more legs to somebody like screaming because someone's trying to kill them as opposed to, you know, trying to emote or whatever. Right. And I actually I I really like the setting of the leprechaun, like that whole like old Irish village thing. Um it's a small set, like they don't have many locations, but they they do a good job with it. I thought it was filmed pretty well. So okay, cool. Um I bet that movie's got like a ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes or something. What have I become? Anyway, let's 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 go on. Hold on. We're gonna find out. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. What what is it gonna be? What is it gonna be? Hold on, before you say it, let me guess. Okay, yeah, I want you to guess. <laughs> I want you to guess the the critic score and the audience score. It's got a forty two percent from critics and a sixty eight percent from audiences. It's really bad, isn't it? It's got a zero percent from critics and eleven percent from audience. <laughs> I don't get that. Now it only has seven critical reviews, um, and it has five hundred plus um, audience reviews. So, you know what um, I bet it is like. Here's here's some serious like this is seriously what I think it is. I think that if you don't have nudity in a B horror movie, that people will judge it more harshly. Yeah, because yeah. seriously, like it's it's very cheap. I mean. You could tell they were working with a super limited budget because it's basically like Hornswoggle in a costume and then some digital effects to kind of like blur so you're not really looking too close at it because I imagine that if you look too close at it, it would look like a costume. But like, what do you expect? You know what I mean? You're not you're not watching some like major motion picture release. This is. okay. hold on. So it took me to page six of the audience reviews to get to a woman. Um. She gave it two and a half stars. This is not at all like the other Leprechaun movies that we have all seen and hated. Oh, of course. Um, this is 
actually some interesting folklore here that is believable enough for a slasher flick. Um, just so you know, like all the uh, every everybody else gave her gave the other than her so far among these pages have given it a less than a two and a half stars. So maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's something yeah. to what she just said. It's actually probably because most people Ethan tune Donovan, in them, like, you know. And, yeah, they're they're gonna see some because that's what I thought too. Is like, oh, this is gonna be like one because I hate the Leprechaun series. Yeah. I think it's like one of the most detestable unoriginal and uninteresting horror series like ever that i hate the fact that it's so whatever like widely watched and sure so that probably is true is that changing it from being like the wise cracking you know whatever to like folk horror yeah like yeah. it makes it um all right so all right so four write that down real quick so i don't forget um So to to finish this up before we just quickly move on to your quick reactions to nominees, I'm putting you on the spot. Dusty Rhodes um, kind of like founded like, you know, and like was the first person to really promote Steve Austin and really be a patron and ally of Austin, like as he like started to blow up. Um what do you think Dusty Rhodes would sit there and say to this movie? How do you think he would review it? You trying to get me to cut a Dusty Rhodes promo? <laughs> Just well, you know, question. <laughs> you know, Daddy. I don't know. I think. Asking a question. Uh, daddy, this movie damn damn done done it to me, Daddy. Did you just said them done it to me yeah. <laughs> you got me feeling all the right ways and all the right places daddy. <laughs> and I tell you if you've got 113 minutes to kill you should watch this did you watch this movie uh, Dusty is a big movie buff big movie buff he loved the Mad I think Max movies I, yeah I mean I, I, honestly, I honestly don't understand again like I I don't understand reviews of movies. I think there should be context to reviewers. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, it's one of the things that I used to like about, um, what magazine did that? One of the game magazines that I read at some point went to a thing where they would put biographies of the reviewers in the beginning of every issue, and they would say, this is what I like. So it'd be like, I like traditional rpgs i like first person shooters and i like third per i like platform games so when you would see a reviewer for that a review from that person for like a sports game if you were you would know like you know you're not going to have sure. me play like a fifa game and say frank what's your score of this fifa game because it's going to be garbage because i don't care about fucking fifa sure but i'm not the person that should be reviewing that but at the same time like it's good to have that context right so i think reviewers should have context like hey i don't like low budget action movies but here i am reviewing the fucking condemned because whatever got to fill some fucking sure and unless uh, i'm trying to trigger you i take that in the context anytime i bring up movie reviewers a lot of times um depending on the type of movie like i tend to look at like websites 
that focus more on horror movies a lot of times when we're doing horror movies to see what the criticisms are as opposed to unless they blow up you know like scream i think i mentioned owen gleberman but it's like scream was massive right like you know right, but right. otherwise i try to go to like things that focus more on horror and i think i think that's the correct way to do it you know i mean like i i legit would rather hear what bloody disgusting has to say or like film thread or i don't know if that even exists in fangoria you know what i mean about a movie than entertainment weekly because i don't particularly care what entertainment weekly thinks about some low budget horror movie because i'm going to assume that they're going to be pretentious or snobby about it you know and that's not i don't know yeah. All right. So let's move on very quickly. I want to get your gut reactions to the things that you've seen quickly. And then these are also the things that you probably need to watch over the course of like the next like, you know, month or so. Yeah. Um, just to just to promote the primary podcast, we are going to be doing in March an episode that is the top five worst best picture winners for the month of March to celebrate um oscars month so i know one movie i gotta fucking watch again in my fucking life um out of that um but i don't know the other four um why don't we watch together frank (laughs) so best picture nominees we've already mentioned nightmare alley directed by guillermo del toro so then belfast which is the Brana movie? Um, I I would like to see that. I came close to renting it a couple times in the past couple of weeks. I just feel like it's going to be free at some point, and I'll just wait until that happens on like HBO or something. Sure, yeah. Um, Coda, you know that? No it, idea what that, that, is. that is. It stands for children uh, children of deaf adults. Um, is what it stands for. I. Th- think it's a french movie maybe but i'm not positive about that like it um oh marley uh, matlin's in it um international uh, co-production between u.s france and canada um it's a coming oh you should love it oh maybe not i don't know it's coming of age comedy drama film um so you you might like it yeah, yeah, it doesn't really spark my interest from reading here in yeah. the description. Um, another movie I don't think you finished, Don't Look Up, was nominated. Because remember, there's I did. 10... Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, man, I like that movie a lot. Oh, okay. Because you, you weren't digging it when I, like, talked to you, like, and you were, like, halfway through. Um, My only... My, my, my complaint about it, and this is my complaint about a lot of, like, movies that I watch contemporaneously is this a little too on the nose mm. where I don't know who knows what the future brings, but I don't know if that's necessarily going to age well, really. Mm-hmm. And maybe it will. I don't know, because maybe we never get out of the horror that we're in at present, but at the same time, like anytime a movie is so, that your appreciation of the movie is so based on your immediate immersion and what's happening in the present day. It's like, um, that just like, so you know, that movie was written before COVID. <laughs> well, but we've been science deniers for 20 years in this country. So, Touché. um, <laughs> I understood. 
primary colors wag the dog um yeah i don't know there's just yeah. uh what, what's what's the one um fucking uh warren Beatty movie you like a lot with the politician turned rapper um oh of both yeah i really like both a lot yeah. and both is is a is a fine movie but there's a lot of yeah. stuff in those movies that's very much based in the moment and to me that's like sometimes difficult to overcome when you watch it like 20 or 30 years later you know so i always, sure. I always have sure. that and and i think the meryl street is performance is going to be dated to some degree contextualized to our former president um right. who but lost, look i who thought it was the guy who lost last election yeah um i thought for being one of the most absolutely nihilistic movies i've ever watched that it was also <laughs> like as satire like had a moderate amount of like hopefulness to it sure that at some point like rationality will prevail even in the worst situations yes um and, and, and so, i thought and i thought leo and lawrence were really good at it so as far um, as you've i mean obviously i've only seen two of the movies you've said so far but th mm -hmm. this is my favorite out of those okay at this point so right. um drive my car do you know about this movie mm. it is a japanese movie it is based on a, a murakami short story on the same oh, name. that's interesting and i've never yeah i don't know anything about it yeah I, I didn't i didn't either until earlier today when i looked it up but um the murakami connection really makes me want to watch it right sure absolutely although i have never seen a good filmed adaptation <laughs> right but i've only seen one so um and it wasn't even bad I yeah really the, the director it. here does he's been nominated for two academy awards before oh it's for both for drive my car they've updated the wiki already um i do not know of any of his movies myself um here so far um ryu suzuki hamaguchi um is the director and I, i'm not familiar with him so but so playing it, playing at the Charles right now. If you want to take a, want to take a trip. Well, I I can't. Yeah, <laughs> just. I kidding. mean, no. I mean, shit. I I would love to do anything right <laughs> at this point in my life. So another month or two. Another month or two. I think. It, I think it's gonna be fine. Okay, Dune is number five on the never-ending list of best pictures now. Um, We've already talked about Dune, but quick reaction to Dune being nominated. I understand it, I mm. guess. Um, we talked a couple times about Dune. I think Dune is visually one of the most stunning movies I've seen mm -hmm. in a very long time, and I'll just leave it at that. Hey, two Shyamalan movies that Shyamalan is in, nominated for Best Picture. Mm -hmm. um, King Richard is sixth nominated it sounds like something i wouldn't care about do you know what that is no that is oh i do i do i do yes, i do yeah, um do. we yeah. uh i don't know how i feel about like biopics like that i mean i guess maybe yeah. it could be okay i didn't see any trailers for it yeah. um i think it's an interesting enough story at its core but i don't know how much that's free on hbo now right 
No, it's done already. I think it's gone already. But maybe, no, I don't, maybe I think it's gone already. I think it was only. It was it was free, and then I didn't take the advantage of watching. You didn't it take advantage of watching it because, like, why would you? Um, it's a movie I would watch someday. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I have enough. I have enough interest in the Williams sisters from kind of, in a lot of ways, like us growing up with them. I just can't do Will Smith, man. Like I, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. It's hard for me. Like I, I'd really have to be talked into or forced to to watch that. But like, given us the best picture nominee, like I think, I think I told you, like I think I kind of want to watch them all this year. So I. There's there's Will Smith that you get like once every ten years, that's genuine sure. and heartfelt and really embraces a role, and that's Agreed. always a Will Smith worth watching. So right. So next maybe is, that's this. Maybe next is Licorice Pizza. PT. I really I really want to see that. I'm just ah, yeah. I, I coming of age. Yeah, but I'll. It's just P.T. Anderson. I'm gonna fucking watch it. Do you not like coming of age movies because you never came of age? Um, are like you, you saying were, that I'm a man child? Like, no, I'm just you, saying that. Like, I, 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 well, I mean, I would, I would, I would think what is. I, I think the way you framed it just now, it would maybe be the opposite of what you're saying, which is that I feel sometimes like I came of age too early that I had to take on like kind of like adult notions and responsibilities at too young of an age to where I ain't giving you that credit that um, <laughs> fucking uh, hate, hateful you're hateful uh, so pleased with myself um, <laughs> I, was gonna, I, I was gonna say because well, like, you know, some of us were out, like, living our best life. You were, like, eating Elios and looking for Jillian Anderson nip slips. Oh, right. Fucking... Sure. I absolutely was because. Neck I... crawler. Because. <laughs> web crawler. Searching <laughs> um, things on web crawler. Yes, correct. Um, oh, I found this GeoCity site. <laughs> and and is because. You know, I, my parents had a terrible marriage. My dad was an alcoholic, and uh, you're ruining my emotion, emotionally abused me. And um, I was haunted by a ghost. Listen to the next episode of the Best Thirty Minutes to hear that ghost story in two weeks. Two promo. Weeks. promo. Um, see now I can't make now I can't make a GeoCities joke. Why? I don't know because you 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 you. you, you you brought down the mood. Let's move on to the next movie. <laughs> well, the next one's Nightmare Alley. You've already talked about um, the power of the dog. We've talked about that, but yeah, that that movie was pretty amazing. Uh, most nominations of any deserve movie. it, I think. Sure. And then finally, West Side Story. Put pushing that- Spielberg into the record for most nominations for a Best Picture ever. So number one, you've already alluded to this, but the fact that there's like 12 nominations makes this a garbage nomination. Ten, but yeah. Because this is not a movie that would have gotten nominated in a year where there was only five nominations like it used to be. Okay. I do not have to see this movie to tell you fuck this movie because all it's doing, like, who was asking for not even a modern retelling? George Lucas. Oh, do you think that's what they're doing? Like him and Spielberg are like, hey, you know what I want to do? And it's like, what? I want to relive 19 fucking 63. I think that's that's what boomers do constantly every day on Facebook. Like, 
How like um, it didn't it didn't make any money in the box office, right? No. Well, I mean, was look it? here's here's what I'll say about, it. and this is coming uh, from somebody who genuinely <laughs> enjoys the original yes, West Side listen story. to our top musicals of the nineteen fucking sixties. Sure, fucking hate West Side Story, but go ahead. Yeah. I enjoy West Side Story because I, I like you. I know you do. I like a lot of the musical pieces in it. I'm a fan of the whole sharks and jets. I, I I like the Romeo and Juliet retelling in what at the time was like a really poor, I don't know, representation of modern New York or whatever. Yeah. It does absolutely everything it needs to do in that movie. And I don't know what you would do else. And the only other thing I can say is maybe cast more Hispanic actors in Hispanic roles, which I think it does, right? I, I, and I then think he, I actually I think he got criticized somehow from that. So I don't I don't even know because I was so yeah. right. disheartened by the fact that it existed. Right. And the other thing is update to modern cinematography so you can do more with like dance sequences and stuff because you have more ability to whatever sure. like film in a more technologically advanced way. Look, Spielberg's capable director too. I'm sure it looks pretty. You know. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's beautiful at times. Yeah. But West Side Story is a very long musical, and like seeing it is enough. Like you, like I've seen West Side Story like three or four times. It's enough in my life. I don't need to see that shit again. Right. And I really enjoy it. Like legitimately enjoy most of the songs in that movie and musical, whatever. And I like the dance set pieces and stuff. And I really, I'll just go watch fucking newsies. You know what I mean? If I want to watch like a modern, like musical, I don't need to go yeah. and. Right. All right. So given that you think it's a jerk off movie that, um, it was only nominated because there's 10 fucking films now in the best picture category to get more box office. Like, right. you know, you know what it's um, like? It's like somebody signing fucking Gordy Howe in like 19, like, or 2001. Or whoever that asshole was. It was a Gordy Howe. What, what are you trying to reference right now? Who is it? Gordy Howe, like a fucking NHL player? Yeah, from yeah. like the fucking 50s? There's somebody. Maybe it's... um. Hold on. Maybe it's Claude Lemieux. There's some player. No, is it Maurice Richard? No, it's not Maurice Richard because he's dead. There's some hockey player. I think it was Gordy Howe that ended up playing professional hockey in like six decades. Look that shit up. Hold on. Um. So Gordy Howe was signed by the. Um. Let's see. When was this last year? So Gordy Howe was. Uh, he's the oldest man to play. Um, so he was signed, played one final season. Right, um, it's fucking Gordy House. See, I know. Well, what I'm yeah, but about. it's like you're, you're <laughs> you made it sound like it was so recent. Like you're talking about, yeah. like you're talking about, like 1979, motherfucker. No, it was 97. <laughs> what? Gordy Howe was signed on October 3rd, 1997. 69-year-old Hall of Famer Gordy Howe skated with the Detroit Vipers in the International Hockey League, becoming the only professional player in hockey to compete in six decades. Oh, okay. This is Spielberg Good getting job. nominated for West Side Story. Good job. Like, if that, you know what's funny is that that is not listed on the career summary of Gordy Howe on Wikipedia. Um, 
I feel fucking vindicated. You should. If you've made it this far, you just got a... And listen, I can't stand the NHL. So what you're hearing is almost a fucking betrayal of my own... I don't know. (laughs) All right, so that's a very impressive prank. That's that's a good call. All right, so Spielberg got nominated. Hey, Spielberg got nominated for best director for this movie. All right, okay, he's he's number one. All right, Um, Hamaguchi was nominated for the Drive My Car, um, which makes me want to watch it even more. Um, Campion was directed or was nominated for um, director in Power of the Dog. Yeah. Rana for Belfast and P.T. Anderson for Licorice Pizza. So those are the ones that I feel now that I definitely need to watch. Agreed. Like um, out of all of them, but let's go on. Um, best actress Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I didn't know that existed, honestly. Yeah, I want to. I want to see that movie. Yeah. Um, Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter. And let me tell you, Lost Daughter, mediocre movie. I watched it. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's a Netflix movie. Um, Olivia Coleman, fucking phenomenal. Movie itself, eh. Like, eh. Um, Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. I don't know that movie. Um, and I didn't care to look it up. Um, Nicole Kidman for being in the Cardos and Krista Stewart for Spencer. I don't know what that movie is. Oh, yeah, that's the um, Princess Diana. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Yep, Spencer. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so, Mark, Mark, Mark Kermode, um, bemoaned Spencer's release or something like that. I don't know, I can't remember what exactly the fucking criticism <laughs> do you just like hate, like, read and listen to Mark Kermode? I don't do anything except for follow his YouTube channel, but I just oh. happened an, an article popped up one day. On That's Reddit. all you do. Okay. Well, I don't watch his videos every once in a while. If it's a movie I care about. No, a, a, an article popped up on YouTube that was bemoaning, like basically this movie was ruined by being sent to streaming so soon and being released when it was during the pandemic because no one would go and see it. And I ended up, I was thinking, like, who would have fucking gone to see it anyway, buddy? Like, you ain't getting nobody in the theater for that shit, but yeah. I do want to watch it, though. It looks pretty good. Alright, so... I'm only criticizing the sentiment, not the movie. Sure, understood. And only because it's Mark Kermode. I get you. Best a- best actor, Bardem for being, being the Ricardos. Um, Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog. Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, which I still need to watch on Netflix. It's been on my watch list for two months or three months or something. Um, Will Smith for King Richard and Denzel for Tragedy of Macbeth. Oh, 1,000%. That movie's not nominated for Best Picture. It is not. It's not nominated for Best Director either. And I don't travesty. I don't think it's nominated. Hold on. Like, I got to scroll down here. Um, adapt to loud. Stream it, it. <laughs> 10 30 at night. Uh, that is a fucking travesty. That movie is amazing. And they nominated Westside. Like, I don't fucking want to talk about the Oscars. Fuck the Oscars. I'm 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 on I'm on a Oscar strike. Um, it is not also not 
It's not uh, not nominated for adapted screenplay. It's not nominated for director. Um, yeah, so it's the only nomination is Denzel for. It doesn't even have like um, production design or anything or whatever that category is. Is that a category? Oh uh, yeah, I don't know if Hollywood. Hold on, production design. Let's see. Hold on. Let me just search. I'm getting that category like kind of wrong, I think, but it's something like that. Best cinematography it got nominated for for oh, Bruno Dem Bonello. Um, yeah, that movie's fucking production gorgeous. design. It also got nominated for. Okay, um, it needs yeah. to. It needs to win that. It definitely Denzel one hundred percent needs to win that award because it. Did we talk about this on air? Or did I just say this? We like, no. Like, we've just talked about it um, off air. Um, I have still not watched it yet. Um, I'm going to say I this. Didn't get Apple TV apple tv or whatever i'm gonna say this like completely spoiler free that if one of your biggest stumbling blocks with appreciating shakespeare is understanding the intent and language of shakespeare Mm -hmm. because it really is like archaic that denzel washington's performance as Macbeth is the most emotive and clear portrayal of that source material where you will understand every single word he's saying even if the language is a barrier it is fucking phenomenal it it it, out of all the like brilliant actors that have played Macbeth and there's a lot of really great actors that have played Macbeth this is in my opinion the greatest portrayal of that character that I've ever seen like I don't know how you top it I think it's the best adaptation of that work like I've ever seen yeah we did talk about that off air as well because like the only other like major adaptations are Wells adaptation and the Plansky adaptation, right? Um so um which both had their own weaknesses. Plansky's is better than Wells and um I'm really excited to watch it when I can actually see it. I, I, I can't wait Apple. for you to watch this so we can talk about it because there seriously are things that they do in that movie that I think are the Cohen it's well, I don't see, know I don't here's know what, what, here's what we're going to do right it's uh, I've already planned it out Frank like oh what we're going to do is after the Oscars in March the week after our supplemental shit um to to make the sup, supplemental podcast our supplemental shit to make the supplemental co- podcast go to an hour and a half to two hours is to talk about the oscars and recast this year's oscars my um, reaction to yeah why it made me so angry all right so let's just finish off like the major categories and then we're done so Best supporting actor, Jesse, actress, sorry, Jesse Buckley in The Lost Daughter. I can see that. Ariana DeBose in West Side Story, Judy Dench in Belfast, Kirsten Dunst in The Power of the Dog, and um, Ujanu Ellis in King Richard. I practiced that earlier today and still couldn't get it. Um, and then best supporting actor is Kieran Hines in Belfast, Troy Kotzer. In Coda, Jesse Plemons in Power of the Dog, Cody Smith McPhee in Power of the Dog, and J.K. Simmons in Being of the Ricardos. Those are the major, which we have only seen Power of the Dog out of all of those, right? Yeah. So yeah, I don't know why I didn't watch. Let me see if Being the Ricardos is still up. Oh yeah, it's 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 an Amazon. Oh, it's, it's a it's movie, a prime so, movie, right? Yeah, it's a prime movie. So I, I should watch it. Yeah, I know it's, it's on my watch list. I just haven't hit play on it yet. Um, I finished all the. 
I only have one main podcast movie left to watch, so. Okay, good. Um, yeah, maybe I'll watch that tomorrow night because I'm I'm getting ahead on podcast movies. So, um, maybe I'll watch Being the Ricardos. Uh, Lost Daughter is worth watching, like just for the performances in it and direction by you notice that Maggie Gyllenhaal, who directed it, did not get nominated. Um, it's 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 fine. Um, but the performances are really great. The story itself that's why it's mediocre, like overall, is because the direction's fine, the story is fine i don't know what lasting appeal it has other than the performances are really fucking great but um and that's the problem all right you want to know what we're doing next week frank oh yeah spin that wheel i forgot that that what we were doing (laughs) right now all right hold on you got me so worked up about fucking about the oscars west side Um, story mm, all right so, oh my God, don't it live is difficult, especially at this point. All right, so I'm gonna spin that wheel and spin. And what do we have? <laughs> Oh, a monkey doing people stuff. Oh, that's one of my categories. It is one of your categories. Yeah. Um. Do you? Did I? Okay, I have when, no idea so, what this is going to be. <laughs> right. Right. I actually, when when you sent me your initial list of like twenty five like categories, um, I looked. I looked up <clears throat> a monkey. Just movies with monkeys in general, like you know, and I discounted things like the Planet of the Apes stuff because I don't think that's, I don't think that counts as monkey doing people stuff, right? I've seen them all um, anyway, so shouldn't sure. work. Um, I'll be fascinated to see what you come up with. Have you seen Dunst- Dunstan checks in? So here's 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 a little insight into my thought process. Huh. Dunstan checks in is actually the genesis point of this entire list mm. because when I was thinking about just like the spin sugar in general before like I pitched it to you mm. um I was thinking like what would ever get me to watch Dunstan checks in mm. like that movie is is and I've seen Dunstan checks in is terrible I was mm. like that movie's so terrible but like what is what is the thing that would make me watch it and I was like like would he, would I have to watch like a movie about a monkey doing like people things? And then I like put that down and then I started just like filling out. Fascinating. So have you seen any which way you can? Yeah. And any have which you way s- but loose. Nah. So the only other one that I saw that I was like kind of fascinated by is there. I don't remember the name of it when I looked at this like three months ago or whatever it was now. There is I think it's a gorilla is 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 the quote unquote monkey, but there's a Korean sports drama. I think with a gorilla in the motherfucker, and um, that could be interesting. <laughs> I don't really have any idea what that is, but right here's another secret too. Like I'm there's a way I love with everything with monkeys in it. I'll so. do my own research. Thank you. Um, <laughs> okay, Trump. <laughs> I love 
I love watching like primates in action, like doing things and in, in action. Huh? <laughs> okay. There's there's a there's a YouTube channel that we I accidentally yeah. got turned on to by our friend Mike, by our friend Bledsoe. <laughs> Which is basically like these orangutans and chimpanzees and stuff, like just doing things at a zoo and like they just film them doing things. And one of the things is this orangutan is in a golf cart and he's driving the golf cart around and he's like, you know, you can watch him like driving and he's like looking ahead. And I'm telling you, man, it's um, it's it's pretty cool. I, I remember this text when he texted the orangutan drive around in the golf cart and um you watched the entire thing i six never, and a half minutes it wasn't that long um but i gotta say buddy it's not that long and and i watched a lot of it but then like skipped to see if anything new was happening um i can't remember what o was like how long he watched it. I think he said how long he watched it. It wasn't very long. Um, but he was he was very flabbergasted by the fact that you watched the entire video. But the thing that's most impressive about that orangutan is is again, like, you know, if this is a monkey doing people stuff, it's like, is the fact that like the people thing that he does in those YouTube videos is he puts his hand up like above the golf cart to the roof and just like is just like it's just like driving with one hand like he's in summertime and the other hand is on top of the roof and that's pretty human like i'm seriously glad that no one listening to this right now if anyone is still listening to this right now can see my youtube watch history that i'm currently (laughs) scrolling through um I'm glad I can't see your YouTube watch history if you like monkey action. So it is comprehensive um, to say the least. And maybe oddly telling. <laughs> uh all right. We've been at oh, it for I also watch way too many YouTube videos. Yeah. So I gotta I gotta tell Nana Swirly time and then, oh, and then we fuck. Can stop. fucking Nana Swirly time. Jesus. All right. I'll tell it quick. One of my videos is what happens if you fall into quicksand, and I watched four videos that are about that. Yeah, I was uh, look the, the 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 fucking quicksand porn, and that Bletso also turned us on to Bletso, and um and and monkey action seemed to go fucking hand in hand. So um, tell us about any swirly time really quick, so I can pour. So it. we're at the bar one night. It's uh myself. Chris, um, friend Ryan, um, friend David Besant, and David gets it, and we're 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 pretty drunk. And David gets a text that is what, like a fifteen second video mm-hmm. of a woman with duct tape over her mouth that seems like she's like struggling, like tied down on this table. Yes, uh, it's, and- it's actually a bed. I think actually. It's it's something. She's laying on something and yeah. her hands are like tied above her head and her yeah. feet are tied and she's like struggling against that mm-hmm. and she's got duct tape on her mouth. Yes. So he's like kind of dumbfounded by it and he's sort of like shows he shows it to us mm-hmm. and we're like huh. And so we start to develop this theory that there's a serial killer that has accidentally gotten his number and sent this to him and 
he needs to contact the police in the area. Um, I'm sorry, the orangutan driving a golf cart is four minutes and seven seconds. I added more minutes, but there's longer videos in their channel. Anyway, so um, so we convince him. We've watched again, multiple. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god, I've watched like every video on the channel. They're amazing. <laughs> chimpanzee she like eating tomato that's one video um anyway so we convince him that he needs to call the dallas fort worth police which is the um uh no, no it wasn't even that it was like some small town right outside of dallas it was. Fort Worth that the area code goes to and report this crime because this woman's being like held against her will and possibly killed and we convince him to do it, and he does it, and he has a conversation with the detective who's like, well, how do you know about this? And basically, Which he made me go outside to help, like, for moral support to do with him. Um, because he was, because this is not a guy, our friend David, who cares for police whatsoever. But he was so disturbed by this that, like, he felt that he needed to call the police and so i was outside i was i witnessed all of this happen actually like this this call to the to the dallas whatever it was the small town police oh so the reason that it, it's nana swirly time is because that was like the tech the um text text that was the text of the text <laughs> that was sent with the text that contained the video of this woman and so then we were trying to puzzle out what Nana Swirly time was. So that mm -hmm. was like, and there's actually one of the things I used to do back when I had a life and we used to go to the bar and I enjoyed like living um, was I used to draw on the back of bar coasters, like various things over the course of an evening. And I have a, what I think is a pretty funny coaster of Nana Swirly time. Why have Nana Swirly time? Maybe that's nah, in my, um, it says in your book. Uh, it's in a pile of coasters over okay. there. I think. Oh, okay. Remember I took all the coasters. Like everything that was left over. So you had the coasters that you had saved, but I have the entire, well, I have up to a point, the entire collection of coasters. And then we, they started a new collection. So there's still like hundreds of coasters at that bar behind the bar. Yeah. <sighs> those were the so, days. You can't, you can't survive no, those days. Those were the days. I would like to try. <laughs> None of us can survive those days. I think I gave myself a days. concussion the last time Orion and I went to the bar and day drank. Yeah, that's probably right. That's, that's I have no idea right. how. Yeah. Anyway, um. So, so anyway, the the end result was that they were going to, I think, investigate, like, and like try to find out. Like, they like made David send, like, text them the video, which he was very uncertain about doing that because he doesn't trust the police like whatsoever um but I, I think that ended up happening um but it's a it's it was weird it was it was weird. it was fucking weird like it was a weird fucking thing um like i like we're making light of it but it's like this was like a random number that got a text of a video of a girl bound and gagged basically on a bed um with some kind of weird thing that's in nana swirly time um 
it was fucking bizarre. I understand completely the reaction. Like, I was drunk enough by that point, even though we've probably been there an hour, um, that, like, I was like, ah, that's funny. But it's like, his reaction, like, is pretty commendable, I guess, overall. It's like, oh, my God, what if this person is really in danger and I need to call the police? Um, I guess that's overall a pretty good thing to do because <laughs> we talked him into calling the police. Did we? He didn't want to contact the police. Oh, right, I had to he like the police so much. Yeah, I had yeah, to lean true. on him and like, you yeah. really need like seriously, you should call the cops. I mean, that could be like some woman getting murdered and they got your wrong yeah. number. But what if they trace it back to me? Are they gonna come and get me? And I was like, David, just like it's fine. And that was just because I didn't care what happened to David. So I just wanted to see what would happen if he reported it. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we might have all watched a video of um of a girl getting ready to get murdered. Yeah, like um, pre-snuff or something like yeah, that. It was, right. it, was, it was pretty creepy. Sure. Wrap around to the condemned. Um, nailed it, Frank. Right. <laughs> Six hours later. Yes. All right. Anybody that is listening, thank you. And I will give a special shout out to New York and California and Montana, um, who besides Pennsylvania are our uh, top downloaders um, in the past month. Um, if we have any new listeners that are actually listening to the supplemental podcast here, the Spin Chagrin, thank you. We appreciate it. And um, any new fans um, that might just be listening for some reason because of Stone Cold Steve Austin, then um, I don't know what to tell you because we don't talk about wrestling enough to me um, on these podcasts, even though we use slang from wrestling sometimes. Um, someday I want to do the wrestling episode of of the two guys five movies. Put it on a list, bitch. I got top five wrestling movies. Do you? Sure. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. If it just has to have some kind of like relation to wrestling, of course I do. Relation to wrestling? Yeah, like it has a wrestler in it or it's about wrestling or okay. So if it was just like broadening out to the look, do you do you know the movies that have wrestlers in them? It's a lot. Okay. I know. Okay. Do you, but do I mean, you, know, you, do you know on the waterfront has a wrestler in it? Who's in it? Chief J. Strongbow? It's not anybody that you know. <laughs> um, there are so many movies with wrestlers in it. Like, you know, you know, like technically, like the Friends of Eddie Coyle, which we have talked about in this podcast before, has a fucking wrestler in it. You know, I think I could probably do top five movies about wrestling, honestly. Mm. I can make that list. I've okay. already got three, so. Mm. Okay. Um, I'll add it to the list then. Um, just like I will add Grindhouse to an, a different list. So, um, all right. Thank you for listening, everybody, for the past um, like hour and um, two hours, roughly. Let's it's almost two, two hours. hours. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody. We will be back next week with monkeys doing people stuff. And mm-hmm. Frank, I assume, discussion. Uh, book of both that oh yeah yeah that's nice because it'll be over um i'm ter- currently watching a video of chimpanzees um hanging out so just so you know that's just get, just, get, just shut up and give them the deuces deuces around